0: Salaam, salaam from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach, Ethiopia update from the 18th of August, 2022. Here's a quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. We kick off this edition with some new updates on the new dam. Ethiopia is about to finish the construction of a massive dam on the Nile River. The dam is called the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam, or GERD for short and is located in the Shagang gumus region, in the Guba district. The dam is 80% done, and its construction will be completed in two years. On Thursday, the 11th of August, the dam's second turbine began generating electricity. The dam has 13 turbines, and the one that began generating is Unit 9. The next day, on Friday the 12th, the GERD completed its third filling. However... The dam has been causing some conflicts in Sudan and Egypt believe that the GERD will decrease the volume of water that reaches both countries. Ethiopia and these two nations have been negotiating for years now, but the issue hasn't been settled yet. Prime Minister Abiy said that Ethiopia wants the best for all three countries and that the dam won't significantly decrease the water volume that reaches Sudan and Egypt. The Prime Minister added that Ethiopia believes in negotiations and that no intimidating action will prevent the dam from becoming fully operational. In other news, fire broke out last week on Sunday the 14th in an Orthodox church in Egypt, and more than 40 people died. On Wednesday the 17th, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, which has very close ties with the Egypt Orthodox Church, issued a statement via the Holy Synod Secretary expressing the church's condolences and saying that the incident was heartbreaking. The secretary also brought up the patriarch's condition. He's currently being treated in Washington, D.C. The secretary said that the church hopes and prays that he returns in peace. The church also congratulated all Ethiopians on the third round filling of the GERD. Remember that in our previous episode, we mentioned that the government offered zones in the southern region to merge and become two new regions. And most of the zones have agreed to come together, except for the Garage Zone. The Zones Council held an emergency meeting with the council members last week, on Thursday the 11th, and they decided that the zone would turn into a new region by itself. However, districts and cities within the zone have decided to accept the government's proposal of being part of a cluster. Now, since the situation is getting more complicated, the House of Federation has called an emergency meeting for this week. That's not the only thing that happened as a result of this controversy. The zone has placed a command post that will ensure peace and stability into the zone. On Thursday the 18th, the command post outlawed all governmental and non-governmental assemblies, demonstrations and strikes. Motor vehicles are also not allowed to operate after 9 p.m. Moving on, on Monday the 14th, the prime minister inaugurated Ethiopia's first ever free trade zone in the city of Dire Dawa. This zone will attract foreign investment because businesses won't have to pay taxes. They'll also be able to import, manufacture, brand, and export faster and with greater ease. It's all the more important that the zone is in a Dawa because it has an industrial park, a well-developed infrastructure, and is close to the Djibouti port. On that note about the PM, it's been more than four years since Abiy Ahmed became prime minister. One of his first campaigns is known as the Green Legacy and it focuses on planting billions of tree seedlings in the winter season. The campaign was launched four years ago, and the Prime Minister issued a statement on the occasion saying that it has been a resounding success, but that there is still more work ahead. Speaking of the winter season, as usual, there are heavy rains every now and again. However, when the winter began, about two months ago, a student went missing, due to a flood in Addis. Heavy rains have continued to make life much harder, especially for farmers, since in several districts in the Amhara region, groups were damaged badly, leaving tens of farmers in urgent need of help. And that's not even the worst part. Dozens of people have tragically lost their lives. On Monday the 15th, after waiting for many days, the results of Kenya's presidential election were finally released. William Ruto came out victorious in a disputed result, the other candidate, Rayla Odinga, says he will take the matter to court. However, Prime Minister Abe doesn't take into account the possibility of a different result when he congratulated William Ruto on the victory on his Twitter account, saying that he looks forward to working closely with the new president. Some people are desperate to participate in politics, while some others just want to get out. Eskender Nega, the president of the opposition party, Balderas, announced that he has officially quit politics. He said this in a letter written on the 23rd of July, which was only made public this past week. He claimed that, even though he had played his part in trying to create a more democratic system for the country, the current administration has put so much pressure on him that he can't work in politics anymore, neither as a leader nor as a member of a party. He asked the party's executive committee, its members and leaders, to work with and help the party's vice president, Ameha Dagnu. Recall that Iskender has been arrested several times throughout his political career, which might be why he felt pressured and agreed. There's more to this story, as Iskender has gone missing. The Balderas Party's leaders issued a statement on Monday the 15th, saying that they hadn't heard of him since the 23rd of July. However, they said that they don't believe the government is behind his disappearance. Speaking of politicians... Activist-turned-politician Jawar Mohammed, who has been previously accused of inciting violence, just returned to Ethiopia after his tour through Europe and North America. Jawar is the deputy chairman of the opposition party, the Oromo Federalist Congress. He has been known to incite violence through his social media posts, but on his tour, he had been preaching peace. He has also called out the media at home and abroad and told them to stop inciting violence and promote peace instead. About a month ago, the 4060 and 2080 housing program was canceled after alleged fraud. Police is investigating the alleged fraudsters. Law enforcement officers told the federal high court that these fraudsters, who are software professionals, have received millions of birds who unlawfully include people in the draw. The people asked for 14 more days to further investigate and strengthen the allegations. The court accepted the police's request. On Tuesday, the 16th, Ethiopian Airlines announced that it will start operating domestic cargo flights. There will be domestic flights to Dawa and Jagjaga three times a week of the 30th of August. The first and only private telecom company, Safaricom, is gearing up to launch its services. However, some people are frustrated because they claim that the company practices employment discrimination. They said that the Safaricom is not giving jobs to people from the Aromia region and isn't giving contracts to small businesses from there as well. These people are threatening to boycott the company unless it makes changes. Safaricom, on the other hand, said on its Facebook page that it's committed to building an enterprise that does not discriminate or stigmatize in any way. The company previously said that it would start operations this past April, but it hasn't. It also hasn't released a new date. Now that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. But before we leave, we wanted to ask you something. In light of the fuel shortage, how much have you paid for gas this week? Do you think the price was cheap, fair, or expensive? Let us know at ethiopia at rorschach.com or on Instagram or Twitter at Rorschach Ethiopia. Ciao.